Hey everybody, it's Matt Weaver with Bible Truth Project here with Joshua Waller, which is in Israel right now. Isn't that That's cool? Right. What's a southern boy doing in Israel? <laughs> yeah. I gotta That's hit you with question. that. You know what I mean? It's just <laughs> yeah. like so random. It's good southern draw and everything in, in Israel. <laughs> yeah. They've lived there for almost 10 years now. Yeah. Actually yeah. over 10 well, Yeah, been working for first trip was 2000 five so now living here yeah like you said around 10 years but back and forth before that yeah well i found out about you uh or i should say your family and and the the ministry you guys started um uh, it's probably been eight nine years ago so my first trip to israel was in 2011 and i want to say it was like 2012 or 2013 when i kind of found out about about you guys and Back then, just, you know, vague, obviously, web page, um, some of the videos you guys put out, things like that. So that was that was kind of high fun. But I, I had never actually met you guys until this last time in, in Israel. I was up on Gerizim, out Joseph's Lookout, looking out over Shechem, and up pulls two vans and out pops Josh and some of the Wallers. And I'm like, whoa, that's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> so that's well, how it is. You, you're close to home base because our, our yep. uh, base of operations for the work is actually here on the Mount of Blessing. So, yep. And you, that's, close to that's basically from Gerizim. That's it's over kind of towards Nablus, but it's not down in the city. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. We're still on top of the mountain next to the Jewish community up here. Okay. So how, I guess, tell us a little bit, how is it living in, um, in the territories, if you will, um, I mean, you have to say that correctly. Right. You don't want to call it the West Bank or living. Greece. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> I would say, how is it living in the biblical heartland? How about that? There you go. Biblical heartland. Perfect. The, I mean, you were just mentioning uh, Joseph. Literally, we're just next to where Joseph's buried. I mean, how in the world, you know, growing up in Ohio, like you or Tennessee, like me, there's what do we have historically rooting us as Americans? Like, can you imagine being a Jewish person living next to a tomb of your father, yep. Joseph? Like, unbelievable. Right. From Jews that are living like you, like you open your Bible and then all of a sudden you're, you're like, and Joseph was buried in Shechem uh, right over there. Uh, we're talking about thousands upon thousands of years of history. Uh, you know, if I'm looking out, I'm here on the Mount of Blessing now in my office here. If I'm looking out the window here, I can see the place where, uh, you know, traditional tombs of Joshua and Caleb. Uh, looking out this way, you have the traditional uh, burial places of uh, uh, Itamar and Eleazar, Itamar and Eleazar in English, uh, Aaron's sons, uh, you know, buried right. I mean, just incredible uh, ancestry of this area. But yeah, for a Southern boy living here, it is it is a little bit, uh, it took a little bit, but I came at the, when I was 14 for the first time. Um, and so coming out of the, the hills of Tennessee, we were organic uh, farmers, uh, you know, conservative Christian family that, uh, you know, just we, we were what you would describe as um, hardcore uh, Zionist in our in our mindset. We loved Israel like crazy um, and we just wanted to help somehow. We were kind of the opinion that, uh, you know, this, there's this definition. People ask, what is a Zionist? And uh, I like to tell them. Because you have you really have pro-Israel and then you have Zionist, right? Because there's a lot of pro-Israel people that say, you know, they wave their flag and say it's yeah, go Israel, go. And that's great. 
We need a lot of pro-Israel people in the world. Uh, but a Zionist is kind of what our family was. And it's it's a it's like a just a, another another step in that direction. Um, it's literally where you jump out of the bleachers, where you're waving the flags, and you jump, you jump into the field and you grab the ball and you run with the team down and, and take make the touchdown, right? So that it's like the, the Zionist is, is is wanted to be in the field, wanted to play the game. So my parents were those people who wanted to actually get in the game uh, and be a part of building up the nation of Israel, wanted to be a part of seeing this miracle of rebirth of Israel happen. And so that's how I ended up here at 14 years old uh, with the uh, with the ball uh, running this Zionist dream down the uh, field. I mean, uh, and to me, it's a uh, it's a huge privilege after, you know, learning more uh, of Israel, the history of Israel, the our Christian past with Israel and now today to be able to really bring a uh, a, a gift and an offering of, of uh, repentance really to have Christians come in and bring a a gift of love and a gift of a service to help build up the land of Israel it's, it, it's, it's a it's a huge uh, blessing and, and honor to do that so that's a little bit of a kickoff how I got here at uh, starting at 14 years old yeah man that's not fair <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Man. Most people, maybe, maybe some people would be jealous, but I'm not sure how many actually. Yeah, yeah. probably not too many. I'm, I'm, I am an oddball. Most people are like, oh, that's that Israel nut, you know, that crazy guy. Yeah, right. <laughs> Raised in the biblical heartland of Israel. There you go. There's, there's the terminology. Biblical there, heartland. Yep. Yeah, there you go. Well, I've, I've spent a decent amount of time over in the region, et cetera, and going driving through the biblical heartland, et cetera. And it's a special place because it a, a, most of the Bible stories really happen in the Judea and Samaria. Uh, yeah, of course, Galilee and yeah. some of this, this stuff, but uh, especially Old Testament, you you have, or yeah. uh, however you want to terminate, so Hebrew Bible, First Testament, Old Testament. <laughs> I did start, heard somebody... Recently, I called it the original testament. Original the testament. Oh, original right. testament. I'm like, well, hey, that's really. And then, so, and then they called the newer testament. I was like, yeah. hey, you know, that's, I like that theology. Yeah. That's really. That's, I mean, that's really it's great. it's one of those things that, unless you're familiar, and I don't say this in a condescending way, I remember before I went the first time, I kind of resented. I mean, I had an uncle and my dad and uh, or my parents came to Israel uh, before we were there. And they would talk about, oh, you need to go. It'll change everything, blah, 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 blah. And I almost resented that a little bit. It's just like, oh, come on. I mean, I'm a, I'm a good Christian. What do you mean? Like, you don't need all, need to know all that stuff, et cetera. And um, man, did that change when I got my feet in the ground? Because yeah. it's just, there's something about it. You know, it's, and I've, I've listened to different people try to explain it, but there's, it's kind of unexplainable. There's this draw. It just yeah. kind of pulls you in, right? And it's, and then you're faced with, well, you're faced with some dilemmas because, and it's not anything new. Uh, everybody, you know, everybody that loves Israel has to deal with it. There's these issues of how to love the Jewish people, um, yeah. how to deal with some of the theological differences between the two family groups, if you will. Um, I, yeah. I don't know how you guys look at it, but for myself, you know, I look at it as uh, Christianity. And, and Judaism, as we know it today, rabbinic Judaism, both came out of the Second Temple period. And yeah. not necessarily us as Gentiles, but our faith did. And there's so much that we share. There's so many values we share. There's so much that we have in common. And there are differences. You know, there are some major ones, obviously, um, believing in Messiah, etc. So those are some of the things that are that journey of, of moving through that and understanding um kind of understanding God's heart for Israel in general. 
I know my position, but I'm curious about your position. Why, why do you still think that God cares about Israel? Yeah, no, I love that. I love uh, your approach. Um, very similar. I, I believe that uh, when we tell people that uh, God's the same today, yesterday, today, and forever, and then we follow up with that, um, except for the fact that God chose Christianity now and forgot the Jews. You know, it's like it doesn't it doesn't flow, right? And so when we say that, uh, we lose all credibility. And uh, a lot of people, you know, are cool with that. Uh, and as long as you can call yourself Christian and be fine with the fact that God actually decided to change, uh, then. But there's a there's a big problem with that theology. So for me, uh, realizing that God is the same um, today, yesterday, today, and forever. He he made a covenant with the Jewish people that was uh, even. If you wanted to take even Christian theology, it all makes sense. You know, a lot of people have are you saying, you know, well, how do we make sense of this? Well, even Paul himself, very clear about this in Romans 11 uh, of the of the how how the Jewish people, they're not forgotten. It, God made an eternal covenant and it still stands today. And so um, I think it's one of our duties in Christianity uh, to keep uh, Christians on 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 target. And I think it's. There's fallow ground in the world, and there always has been. I just just jumped out of a, our studio where we recorded a whole thing based on uh, the world calls uh, Jews, it constantly is calling the Jews illegal. Everything a Jew does is illegal. I mean, you go from every, every look back in Jewish history since you mentioned 2000 years ago, the destruction of the Second Temple. Since that time, it's been one thing, attack after the Jews, after the other, after the other, after the other. And every time from the Ottomans now and more recent uh, to the British, uh, illegal. Jews can't come into the land. They can't they can't settle. And the settlements, you see settlements being the biggest issue, right? And so the attack against God's people has been just atrocious over the years. Um, and it's that's been from miseducation. People didn't understand uh, the fact that God was unchangeable and that God made an everlasting promise. I mean, if we were talking about the geographical area that I'm standing in right now, we just jumped one hill over here. We're at Alone Moray, where God promised Abraham, he said, uh, to you and your descendants, Genesis 12, to you and your descendants, I'll give this land. So as Christians, do we actually believe the Bible as a literal book? Or are we looking at it as some sort of mystical, hypothetical, in the clouds uh, religion? And, and I guess for you and I, we've, I would, we're, we're a little more tangible. I mean, like farmers, people from the from the from the countryside, right? I think just digging into the tangible reality. I uh, speak for myself of 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 the literal, uh, literal biblical, uh, the tangible realities of our faith. I think for two thousand years, the land of Israel not being here was really hard, uh, and and it allowed our faith to take a real mystic. Uh, and just totally disconnected from any kind of realities on the ground. And and what you described is coming to Israel and just having those light bulb aha moments constantly. I think it's because it's it's literally where the whole Bible is founded here. And it's like we've taken it away from this place for so long that now when you actually come and put your feet here, it's everything just begins to click again. It's like, whoa, God God's real. He spoke and it happened. And this is where it happened. And then this story and that story and Abraham and the promise here, God made a promise and it's still valid today, even though the UN says that it's not. Uh, it's just the, it's just the latest and it's the latest attack against God fighting the Jewish people. So maybe a long answer to the story, but I still believe that God has a promise uh, to the Jewish people and he's still 
holds it uh, tightly. That God God never forgets His His promise to His people, and 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 we can be a part of that. And that's where my Zionism comes from. Uh, I believe in Israel. I believe in the the promises to Israel, and I believe that when in uh, Amos it says, "You will again settle." Uh, never to be pulled up again from the land that I have promised to you, that it's going to happen, that Israel will return to the land and be settled here. And that's and that also feels it because I believe God's promises are still valid uh, to his people of Israel that haven't changed. So that's that's my uh, my my connection to this country. And I really believe that every Christian should also share that uh, deep faith and 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 support uh, for Israel based on a biblical foundation of support. I think yeah. it's it's vital for yeah, and, not, well, and I saw this too, Matthew. Just just to say, the question is great because just now in the big world, uh, Gab, I think it's called. There's this huge war going on now where they're saying uh, attacking Israel, basically saying that Christians shouldn't have anything to do with Israel. We didn't start at the same place, and so just to set the record straight, great question. And yes, we do have a lot in common with this land of Israel and the Jewish people. Yeah, I mean, I'm from a you know fairly conservative background. My parents were uh, actually from the Amish, so you know, very conservative-oriented people. They left the Amish when before I was born, but still uh, retained a lot of more conservative-type culture, et cetera. And I can appreciate that culture in a way that a lot of modern, you know, liberal evangelicals can't. They look at that and what's with all the religious rigor and you know they have this allergy to legalism um yeah. and they wrap that in their uh theology against you know the law etc and it's a big and it's a big conversation obviously even even amongst jews and that's something that's interesting that a lot of people don't recognize is the the amount of uh the amount of conversation they have in the same same fields but just kind of a different application i i had to i remember one time i was down with a rabbi friend of mine down in gush uh, Gushet Sion, he took us into yeah. t- into the the yeshiva there, and we were just watching them kind of do their studies, etc. And then some of the comments, and then we went out and we had lunch, and we were just talking about some of the things that um, that what they're discussing, debating. I had to laugh a little bit because coming from like the, that Amish world, if you will, they have a lot of the same. Okay, they're not theologically deep necessarily. But they have a lot of the same, like, okay, we have to like wrestle with this now. You know, it's they're not basing it on God's law, but let's say it's an issue of technology. Well, should we adapt this technology or should we not adapt this technology? Well, how can we do this? Okay, you can t- you can have a phone, but you got to leave it out in the. <laughs> I just I just had to laugh because I'm like it's just similar similar things going on. Obviously, completely different. Um, it's you're talking man's laws versus God laws, God's laws, but still very similar approach. And so the yeah. culture to me feels very familiar, um, you know, especially the Orthodox world. It, it it feels connectable, feels familiar, or even the conservative world for that matter. But but anyway, so and that's just a weird quirk for me from my background. You know, there's people that come in and they look at that and they just you know that they just it just doesn't make any sense. You know, Jesus is the end of the law, they would say, and blah, 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 blah. That's a whole other theological discussion. But at the end of the day, what I, what really struck me the first time I went into Jerusalem and down the Western walls watching, you know, watching what goes on down there, what really hit me was that the dedication, the sincerity, um, 
how would you say it far more than myself and the world that I grew up in, you know, yeah, we were dedicated believers and Christians and all that, but wow, they took God's word seriously, you know? Yeah. And that ties into, you know, settling the land again, because God said it's their possession forever based on the promise he made with Abraham, which kind of brings up another point. And in, in the regional conflict, and obviously a lot of people from the West don't know all the history. There's a lot of history there. You know, there's thousands of years of, of history. There's always been a Jewish presence in the land. And, and then you come into the 19th century or the 19th century and, you know, Zionism kind of comes to the surface and then you have the world wars and now you have this mass migration and ultimately 48 and then uh, 67, the two big um, kind of nation shaping uh, conflicts that they've had. And now we live in this, this, you know, this culture, I guess, um, of conflict in, in Israel and the world kind of doesn't know what to do with it. And I look, and I look at that and I see prophetic implications, you know, this is part of, part of the prophetic blueprint. And, and yet at the same time, you know, I know some Palestinians and you, you feel bad in one sense, but you don't feel bad in another sense. And it's kind of hard to, 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 uh, to marry all the ideas together. Cause it's kind of like, well, sorry, you know, God made this promise. Oops. <laughs> but you live in the middle of it. So I, I really am curious. What are your thoughts? I mean, I heard some of your thoughts when we were up there, you were talking to your group, but what are your yeah. thoughts? I mean, you literally live Jewish community, Samaritan community and Palestinian right, right on the base of the mountain. So you deal with this every day. What's your perspective? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's a great question because this is it. Literally, is what the world is all trying to figure out. They're they're trying to come up with a uh, a solution for a Jewish problem, and that's where they. It sounds horrible, right? Uh, but this is yeah. literally what the world is consumed with. We we spoke about like the historical buildup earlier about Jews being illegal, um, and how you you can't be a settler, and that's been ever since the eighteen hundreds. Well, it's also true the the whole buildup here of trying to the modern right now, right? So Jewish people are trying to settle and there's a whole world uh, against it. Just uh, evil uh, world that's trying to trying to come against it. For me, um, again, it really goes back to, to that deep faith in knowing that God is does have a plan. And, we, and when you look at it from a biblical perspective, uh, for for us, it really does go back to Abraham saying, like you said, I, God made a promise. Sorry, neighbors. Um but then it's bigger than that. And you have to have, a, you almost have to have, as long as you're looking at this whole situation here with like some sort of a, a political uh, genius and you think you could figure out and come up with a, a solution for this problem, it's going to end in bloodshed every time. I mean, you look at it, the, the solutions that the world brings to a Jewish problem are never going to be solved um, until the world sees the Jews as not a problem. That's when it, that's actually the solving. It's no longer a problem, right? Is is when the world recognizes Israel as no longer a problem. Like that's actually the solution. Is 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 the world uh, looking at Israel as like the answer? And that's 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 a a, a deep concept, but but really that's the, the, our whole Bible speaks of it. That that Jerusalem would be a praise in all the earth. That that Israel would become this light unto the nations. Like literally, this is what our Bible speaks of. Of, of it happening. And so I, I believe 
we could bring it down to like nitty gritty politics, but the situation on the ground here and the biblical context of uh, Philistines attacking Israel was a, um, a, from a biblical perspective, would be driving the people of God towards God, right? Like that was a, a biblical narrative that God said in Deuteronomy, I believe that there'll be a thorn in your side. And all throughout the scriptures, you see this, like the, the attacks against Israel that drove Israel towards God. Uh, it, you know, we wouldn't write the story that way. It wouldn't be, it, we're not God, but it seems like this is, this is the context. And right now in Israel, we're seeing a massive return to, uh, to God, like in a, in a Jewish context. So for, for example, maybe we could say to God and conservative values, maybe that'd be a way to say it. Um, so I believe what's happening is, is you're having a new generation of people that's rising up. If you look at the conservative, um, religious parties in the government you have a like way like a good 60 something percent uh of the young people are voting conservative um uh 65 percent uh so and then the, the older folks at 65 percent are voting leftist mm -hmm. uh, which is totally opposite of anywhere else in the world so and then that brings us to a prophecy and he's that says when you come back to the land i'll sprinkle clean water on you uh so we could see that being represented literally in the elections in israel the young people are voting more and more and more conservative. So what comes with those conservative values uh, is an understanding of the promises of God. Most of these conservatives are becoming more religious in their understandings uh, of God and the land of promises, which is driving them more to understand, wait, we can't be overrun by hostile enemies that are trying to kill us. We need to protect ourselves. And so I don't know what the end, end result of this is going to be, but I know that in, if we look at history again, God shows up. And the enemies of Israel, it's not a good thing. Uh, they got a bad day ahead of them. Um, and that's just, it, it, you know, the what leftist world says, oh, can you say that? Uh, but it's just the fact. The, the God haters and the Jew haters are really in the same category. If you want to fight God in a real physical, tangible way, go punch a Jew. Like that's literally uh, how, how you do it these days you want to fight god go fight the jews uh, hitler did it and every other you know it's one of the greatest attacks against god is to fight his people um and we see that pretty well uh throughout history this is this is the go uh so peace in the middle east um it's gonna happen uh as god uh, sprinkles clean water on the nation of israel as the people of israel uh begin to recognize more and more of their God-given role of being a light to the nations as uh, they walk into this place. And also we, we have a role in it too. And I love this because uh, in the Psalms, one of the Psalms of Ascent, Psalm 20-something, uh, 120-something, uh, talks about the nations. The nations will say, God has done great things for you. Uh, and, and then Israel, responds, King David writes this in the Psalms, is, is that Israel responds to the nations saying that God has done great things for you. And then Israel says, God has done great things for us. Uh, which is a really great concept because then it, that all of a sudden gives you and me a role uh, to play in the job. We're supposed to come to Israel and say, hey, guess what? Hey, man, you don't know. I, don't, I know you've been like in this real thick of it and you've been blinded by like constant pressure and and people telling you you need to lay down and we need to walk over you for 2000 years. Uh, but God's done great things for you. And then and then it's like they stand up and they say, yeah, that's right. God has done great things for us. And then they 
they they take possession of this land and, and that what the fullness of God's promises are. Uh, so so yeah, I it's a complicated question and uh, living smack in the middle of it. Yeah, I have I've gone into Arab villages a lot. Um, I don't do it so much anymore because I have a uh, advocacy channel um, and I think they might have picked up on it a little bit. I got a, my window busted out uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, so I was like, this is probably not the safest thing to do. It's a very hostile Arab culture inside of those uh, villages. Uh, so inside of Israel and inside the Jewish communities of Judea and Samaria, the, the heartland, biblical heartland. Uh, it's great areas to be in. Uh, the IDF is really, really super great in these areas, and it's not not dangerous. Uh, but the enemies of Israel will be utterly uh, obliterated at some day and time. They're going to be cast out of this land. It's not always going to be the situation. Israel will prevail in the end, and uh, there'll be peace. That that's kind of the uh, that that's that's the the end of the end of the story. Is we're not going to have the situation forever, uh, and hopefully it won't be that uh, that long before these hostile enemies uh, are taken out. It's, it's really not, not acceptable. And another question would be, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot. <laughs> it's not, no not related no to that, but, but obviously you're Christian. So you believe in Jesus. And, and I'm, so I'm curious, like your experiences in interacting with Jewish people. I mean, they've, for, to me, most of them have always been very cordial and courteous, et cetera. Um, yeah. Obviously, they put a kind of a wall there. You know, your religion, my religion. Yeah. Um, but there's, um, but I'm just curious. Living there amongst Jewish people as a as a believer, how does that work in general? I mean, has have you seen changes in your neighbors as they realize you're, if you will, one of them, or 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 not that sort of thing? Yeah, I would say the biggest the biggest thing is is when you come from the Jewish side of two thousand years of persecution, um, and then I don't even know how they do it. Honestly, if I was Jewish, I don't understand how they would have allowed me to come serve them. Like, can you imagine that? Uh, it's somebody that has a two thousand year, uh, basically, uh, like evil history. I mean, we've had a horrible. I mean, right. pogrom after pogrom. After you massacre up to this and that right uh even the holocaust has its tinges of christian influence and and then yeah, not just tinges i mean the earliest early yeah, made absolutely. a lot of christian, uh you know uh preparation uh like uh pushing in that direction so uh for the for a jewish person to to be like to be acceptant of me to come and serve here in the farms the farmers were helping build up the land here um, if they're, they, if they're going to accept that, you got to realize how big of a deal that is. Like people that, I mean, just came out of the Holocaust. Most people here in Israel have relatives of people that either, uh, I mean, obviously they had relatives that survived in order to be here. So like, but they came through that horror, right? right. Um, so I think that's the backdrop for understanding, um, uh, uh, of that and seeing just the fact of the grace that the Jewish people have. Uh, to allow us to be here and serve is uh, a huge, huge gift. Um, and to be a part of it, because I think a lot of Christians go and come into Israel thinking that they're coming to, uh, you know, give something, bring some inspiration, do some some sort of, uh, you know, bring something uh, to the Jewish people uh, to teach or something like that. But in reality, as we come to Israel, it's like it, Israel itself is is and the Jewish people have so much that they're giving 
Uh, and it's like, it's, it's drawing us in much like we're understanding so much deeper of all these years of separation of, that we didn't realize the relationship that was being missed. We didn't realize that there was a, a huge um, uh, missing when you don't have Israel uh, in the country, you don't have Israel in the, in your, in your, you're reading the Bible and you don't have Israel there. You don't have a tangible reality of what that could look like. Uh, you don't have a Jewish people. I mean, the whole context of the, we talk, spoke about the newer Testament, <laughs> the whole context of it is Jewish without Jewish people. How do you got to know what the Jew, we've been so farly removed from that. Um, so I think that, that uh, yeah, having Jewish friends, having a lot of Jewish friends and being accepted as a, uh, as a player, I'll tell you this, when we started our, the work here, obviously we weren't accepted around the, uh, the communities. It wasn't something that was like the latest and greatest thing. It just wasn't right. Um, but uh, over time and work and uh, commitment to just serve and be a part, we're not here to, you know, evangelize. We're not here to do that. We're just here to serve and be, be a blessing. And, uh, and honestly, that's why, what else would you do if once you recognize our history, uh, you would, you really, every Christian should serve the Jewish people, uh, with no strings attached, right? Let's leave all the, uh, the, the motivations and different things or just leave those and say, Hey, we're incredibly sorry for the past. And we just want to help you. I'm a farmer. You need any help on your farm? Uh, we, we want to help help you on your farm. There's no 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 other reason why. We're just going to help you. So after 18 years now of uh, serving, uh, there's been been families that were hostile to us at the beginning that now are like, hey, we're so sorry that we were against you guys at the beginning. Uh, we totally see that you guys are are, are for us and that you guys have, uh, you, you, you're very important to us because there's a wave of anti-Semitism and Israel hatred out there that you have a role of stopping and actually standing between us and that world of hatred. Um, and every non-Jew that's Israel-loving has a massive role uh, and a mass massive uh, calling to actually stand in front of that massive wave and teach uh, against all of these uh, horrible things. And to be a, to be a, uh, a bit of a, a, a breaker, uh, we, gotta, we gotta keep the Jewish people from, from uh, continuing to be abused and, and, uh, and hurt by these, all these anti-Semitic things. So yeah, we've definitely been, there's been massive uh, change in the relationship here from, from the beginning when we first started uh, until now. Thank you. Yeah. Thank God. And it's, and it's, and it's mutual. Like we've grown incredibly in our, in our understanding of the Bible through a Jewish, Jewish context. Um, and I think for them, that's like, wow, that there would be Christians to them. It's like unbelievable that there'd be Christians that love them with no strings attached. They, they, we, when we became, was, they didn't even know that existed. Uh, that there would just be Christians that just wanted to serve and be a part of this biblical thing that's happening. The Jewish people coming back to the land of Israel, establishing the land like the prophets foretold. Uh, that there would be Christians that would agree with the prophetic words of Isaiah and Jeremiah that you would plant vineyards and settle the land and make gardens and their fruit. They're like, wait, this there, there's Christians out there that also read Isaiah and Jeremiah and actually think that this is important, that this should happen like they wrote it and that, that it could happen. And thank God there actually is. There's we've had volunteering here over three thousand volunteers come through uh, just within the last uh, what 10, 12 years, um, uh, and from over thirty countries. So thank God it's you know there there are people out there that are also agreeing with the promises of God and wanting to join the Jewish people 
And something we agree on. So I told you this the other day. It's great, Matt. He said, um, he said, why don't we, everybody always talks about why we, we, sorry, we just have to agree to disagree. He said, why? Why don't, why don't we agree to agree sometime? And I thought, well, that's a great idea because we have so many of the Jewish people we can agree to agree on. Why, why, uh, what other people group in the world do you walk up to and just immediately go to what you disagree about? <laughs> it's, it's really kind of insanity. You got to know that you're really uh, kind of a messed up in the head. Uh, and that may be the first sign of a little bit of anti-Semitic uh, history and a little backlog when you when you realize that. But really, who in the world would you go to and just pick a fight for the sake of picking a fight on what you disagree on? Go to the Israel and talk about what you agree on, because we agree on like tons of stuff, like tons of things we agree on built on that same foundation. Right. So that was one one little note that that was uh, that was great. Yeah, that's a great, great way to look at it. I mean, it's very true. I mean, I know for myself, obviously, um, I think the first interaction I had with a Jewish person was back in, I was, I don't know, probably 15, 16 years old. And uh, we had a, in one of our companies, we, we were, did construction, et cetera. And we had a lumber broker who was from Cleveland, who was a Jewish guy. You know, it's, and it's that nagging question. And I think it, I think it comes from, I think it comes from because we read the Bible, right? And then you have this narrative, Jesus getting crucified. And then there's that big question mark. Why? Why was he rejected, right? And, uh, you know, that's just one of the first things you want to ask one. is like, why? You know, yeah. as though, right. first and foremost, they weren't witness to the event, right? And not only yeah. that, what I think we're so ignorant of, or at least I was, and I think a lot of believers are, is the history, the 2,000 years of history. Yeah. I mean, it was the first century, you know, for the most part, believers and, uh, you know, the other parties of Jewish people met in synagogues. And it was then shortly, I think it was after the 120s where they, they kicked the believers out of the synagogues. So think about that for a moment, though, for almost a hundred years. Yeah. We shared the same sacred spaces. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, yeah. We did eventually yeah. divide. It was eventually like, okay, this isn't going to work, right? But as a whole, all the all the founding members of our faith all yeah. were Jews, never stopped being Jewish. They all attended, you know, all the religious festivals, um, feasts, etc. Um, they did they did Judaism, which wasn't a term, but they yeah. did that. And they never stopped doing that. And it's a hard pill to swallow for some people, and I always wondered. Like for myself, part of my journey of of understanding how this whole dynamic works, you know, I, I think there's so much to be said for, there's so much that crept in once yeah. uh, the temple was destroyed, once that system of worship was destroyed, you know, Judaism itself kind of formulated in, in, in the way that it is, you know, with its traditions and, and et cetera. And we kind of went our way with our traditions and fundamental to the change in the church, if you will, um, was this concept that God had forsaken the Jewish people and his blessing was now his blessing was on us, right? The church and that pride uh, and arrogance just yeah. filtered through for yeah. totally, totally. I mean, to, to have that kind of a viewpoint, you have to completely reject probably 85% of scripture, right? So all the prophets, they're out the door. Um, yeah. What good is most of the Bible, if that's your view, that God can reject the people for, for whatever reason? 
um, and it isn't true, and it and it isn't true to his covenants. And even at that, if you want to look at the prophetic uh, new covenant, right? Its context was with his was with Israel and Judah. So even at that, we as Gentiles are complete strangers. You know, we're foreigners, like Paul says. We were alienated from everything. And it's a miracle that the Lord has opened the door to us to be, be a part of the story, which is what yeah. it is. Yeah. You know, the story's not yeah. finished. That's what I always tell people. If people want to say, oh, you know, God is done. I'm like, just wait. Story's not done. We'll, we'll, it's we'll, not over. Just yeah. just wait and you'll, you'll see. <laughs> you know, is there a need for repentance? Everyone needs to repent, right? I think we all understand that. And people will always ask the question, well, what about Jesus? Well, that's a, that's a great it's a great question, but it's not, like you said, it's not the first question to go to, you know? It's well, just- and I think for the biggest thing on our part is, is to actually understand uh, who, who is this Messiah that we believe in the context. You have to come to Israel to understand who Yeshua Jesus is. Yeah. Uh, as outside of that, like you said, uh, when Yeshua was here, walked around Israel, it was Jewish. It was Jewish context. It was a Jewish synagogue, right? Uh, and so, to actually get context for our faith, uh, you have you have to like be willing to lay down your the you know two thousand well, let's just say nineteen hundred years. You know, you said that first, but 100, 100, 150 years was in the synagogue. After that, basically, we have this huge lineup of history that really that was a lot of rebellion and a lot of paganism and a lot of different things that were attached to da, 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 and then wars and fighting. You know, I think all of this has got to come full circle um, and, and there will be. That's I think that's the, the great thing of redemption. I, I, I work in a redemptive work. When you see land being restored that's been barren for 2000 years, it's really a twofold thing. It's like you're 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 you're, you're able to be a, a one from the nations to come and partner with Israel and a redemptive work of the land. Well, there's a redemptive work happening in the people. doesn't matter if you're Jewish or Christian, you can say that. Uh, it's happening here in the land of Israel, a redemptive work where God is bringing the people back. Israel is beginning, is, is, is here. I mean, that's crazy that, that Israel even exists. It's like the greatest miracle of our time is for Christians to get out of this, uh, humbug that they're in just this, this bubble of just, I don't know, maybe it's just built on all this, uh, uh, you know, religion and just they stuck their hills in too deep in 1948 to be able to whoa this was an answer to the promises spoken of in the bible like most of christianity rejected that fact and even today people don't with with uh with placement theology that's so prevalent in the church still not recognizing the fact that god chose this people and chose the land and so therefore we're not being a part of it and so what I what I believe is that Christians should be here in the droves, uh, supporting Israel to settle the land. But but in 1948, what was happening? What was the Christian world doing? They were like sitting back watching, right? Like the couch was the best spot to be, listening to the radio, or and then later on the TV to see what was going on with Israel. That was that's not the approach. Like that's not what Christians are supposed to be doing. You know, Jesus Yeshua would have been very unimpressed uh, with that kind of reaction. You know, he even said that uh, uh, to, he didn't come to serve, but come uh, to 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 be to to be served, right? To to serve the the nation of Israel, serve his brothers, even. Um, and so, I think it's a mandate uh, to serve the the people of Israel, and that Christians should 
gathered around this concept of coming and serving Israel as, like you said, the nations. We're the nations coming in, being a part of this incredible thing. And just the fact that we have the ability to be a part of it, to me, is the mercy of God. Can you imagine, you know, Yeshua is sitting there all this time watching all this horrible things happening against his people. And the Christians somehow think that he's okay with that. Like, no, like that's all. And then when you come to Jerusalem and you see Jerusalem built as it is, and then you have these, all of a sudden the Jewish mindset of a, this, the son of David sitting on the throne of David in Jerusalem, like, like you're talking about, this makes so much more sense. We're like, wait, there's actually a Jerusalem. There's actually a temple mount. And there one day is actually going to be a temple that's going to sit there where the son of David, the Messiah. And again, that's kind of where we agree with the Jewish people on the son of David, yeah. <laughs> who's going to be the Messiah. As Christians, we put a name on it, but son of David, the Messiah is going to sit in Jerusalem and rule and reign. Right. And that's Jewish concept. Yep. Uh, so uh, that we partner in that direction as the whole world fights against it. Uh, is is really a, a challenge and a vital part of our our Christian faith, I believe. Well, that you just uh, the, we're really the way you worded it right there. The whole world fights against it. It's actually one hundred percent true. You know, when you look at the culmination of the age, the whole yeah. direction that everything is going to, uh, and especially from our our theology, is Jesus returning. But from a Jewish perspective, is Messiah coming? Right. That is, yeah. it, we agree in that. Um, because we read the same scriptures, right? So, I mean, if you look at the prophets, everything's is related. I think what what opened my eyes, I was I kind of avoided prophecy. I, I stayed away from it when I was young. You know, it was a lot of the how Lindsay, um, how'd you say it? Imminent return theology, yeah. bang, Jesus coming back. And, and it, you know, I just, I always got scared because end times and all that and the way that it was portrayed. And then as I... Yeah. What's when I went to Israel for the first time, it sparked this interest and in like, well, wait a minute. This is something very different than what I've gotten used yeah. to hearing, right? And so when yeah. you dig into the prophets and you read about prophecy, it's like, oh, okay, this isn't like I mean, yeah, it's apocalyptic in a sense because there's gonna be a lot of things going on in the world, but it's not that stuff. <laughs> it's 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 uh you know, ultimately it surrounds the Jewish people, it surrounds Jerusalem. And it, it and it is a reunification um, of all parties involved, if that makes sense. God's judgment. You no, know, I think that what scared us, and I've got a very similar uh, upbringing as you. Actually, grew up in an Amish community, and and uh, when you said that, I was like, oh, that's really cool. Uh, but I grew up in an Amish community uh, first. For, I was there from uh, seven to fourteen, so really formative years in the Amish community, uh, and then came to Israel. Had the same kind of uh, uh, approach to prophecy. And then coming here though, seeing what's what's happening, it's it's like it's tangible. There's yeah. it's not scary. It's right. You're you're actually see it happening because when when Jeremiah said you will yet plant vines on the mountains of Samaria, that's not scary. That's not apocalyptic. That's just you got to do that. And now that people are doing it, farmers came and just started planting vines in the mountains of Samaria. Like, oh, that's prophecy. Like, that's what every okay. That's I, I can handle that. Right. I can handle that. <laughs> that's if the prophet was like, okay, that's not very scary. I just go to the barn and get a shovel and start playing. And literally, you know, people are like, yeah, right. That's not what Jeremiah said. Well, it was like nothing here. The mountains were completely barren. Right. And then there's over 500 acres of vineyards here now. 
And it's just to a T what the prophet said would happen. And and then when in Jewish thought, you're looking at it, it's it's certainly the fulfillment of what the prophet said. Like in, in, in Jewish thought, the vineyard, there's a reason why, like the talk about the vineyard is incessant throughout the, all the prophets, because that's like the symbol of, of life and returning and good, right? So now that this is coming back, it's like obvious to Jewish people, this is a return of prophecy. Like God is remembering his words that he spoke to the Holy Prophets. Now Christians are missing it completely because we don't drink wine and we don't, we don't, you know, have anything to do with grapes. But we're like, wait, hold on, hold on. Are we missing? Are we are we sinking our hills in again, right? Yeah. Are we sinking our hills in again and refusing to be aware that the prophecies are actually happening in the land of Israel? Just like in 1948, when most of Christianity said, No, sorry, the Jews aren't it. It's just happenstance that they're returning back to their homeland after 2000 years. I know it's never happened to anybody else and it can't be God because we're it. And, you know, no, that's called sinking your heels and refuse to believe at what God's doing. So even today we have the same things happening. Jewish settlement in the land of Israel. Any Christian around the world that sees Jewish settlement as illegal under international pressure should look at that and just like, it should be like, unacceptable there's what two billion christians in the world all of that force should be saying that's ridiculous international law it's illegal for jews to live in judea that's ridiculous and but yet the christian world because we've been so off targeted right we've been so taken off the main track are refusing to to support and believe in the literal promises of god so literally prophecy happening it's it's uh it's no longer like a scary like uh what what's it gonna it's actually a, a hope-filled thing right that we know because when you read it it's like no it's it, and it's happening in front of me every day like my wife and i we get up in the morning we love to just get up and just pray over the mountains of israel we're just sitting here right on top of this mountain we can see jerusalem from here uh and and literally we see it unfolding before us every day like it's just really simple things like new settlements being built more Jewish people moving into Israel, more Aliyah happening where they're making making immigration to Israel. It the world blows over those things as if they're the worst atrocity that's happening in the modern age. <laughs> but yet it's the fulfillment of every word that was spoken by the prophets. Yeah. Uh, and we have to we have to recognize the times that we're living in. I, I think the biggest difference, and I'll, I'll, I'll throw it back to you in a second, but the biggest difference between Christian prophecy uh, and and the Jewish understanding of prophecy is is that the Jewish people look at it as like a to-do list, right? Like, oh, it says we're supposed to do it. Even the disciples, when they're looking at, oh, Yeshua, he's the Messiah. They're like, oh, did he do this, 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 this? Like, they're looking at, like, he's the one that Moses spoke about, right? Nathaniel and the whole story. They're like, he, oh, he's the one Moses spoke about. Okay, all right, he's it. Um, they didn't just get under some sort of, like, spiritual, you know, convulsion of some sort and, and like, oh, this is it, right? No, they were like, no, this is the one that Moses spoke about. It's a, a fulfillment of the prophecy. It was a very tangible, physical thing. They were like, yes, this matches. This is it, right? And so even today, we got to, that's how we, a Jewish person would view prophecy. I was like, oh, here it is. It's a to-do list. We, we, here we go. And we're right here. <laughs> now the next step. Let's let's keep settling. Let's keep more Jewish people need to be brought, brought into the land of Israel. And so for us, partner with that, I think, is a an incredible uh, approach to uh, it's prophecy and and something that we can agree with the Jewish people on. And and really, you could go a long way with that when you're partnering. One of the guys here, one of the Orthodox religious guys here next to where we live, 
He said, we're partners in the redemption process. I thought, is that not the best way to put it? We're, we're Christians, like can be partners, the Jewish people in this redemption process that's happening in the land of Israel. I mean, that's a huge honor to be a part of that. Uh, but for a Jewish person to say that is a huge. Yeah, that's incredible. So uh, how can people connect to uh, your ministry, et cetera? I know you have trips that go over that do um, uh, the harvest every year. You've got that coming up, I think, for too long, which I know it's yeah. it's full. But um, tell us a little bit about where they can connect. Yeah. So we, but what we want to do is we want to bring people in to, to one, serve the Jewish people. Um, we want to and we're basically uh, have volunteer uh, efforts going year round now. Harvest is one of the big, big things we do. Uh, but we're also doing the prunings, uh, vineyards, olives, you know, the, lots of pruning to be done here during the January season. Um, we're harvesting all different kinds of stuff. Uh, we've done a huge now tree planting effort. Uh, we're right, trying to reforest uh, massive parts of, of uh, the biblical heartland. Uh, so we're doing doing that as well. So we have uh, literally we have uh, opportunities all around the, the year. Uh, to come and be a part. Um, the best way to get engaged with that is to go to serveisrael.com. Easiest, easiest uh, link to remember, serveisrael.com uh, and just uh, go to volunteer options. There's a whole list and calendar and different sheets and then just sign up for a trip and and meet us here and and uh, we'll start we'll start serving together in the uh, in whatever capacity it is, whatever the trip, the season, the time. Uh, but typically, yeah, we're working. It's a, it's a, it's a work trip. It's, you know, we're volunteering on different farms. It could be a night watch even for a farm that has, uh, you know, we have farmers here that have sheep stolen from time to time. Uh, hey, if we can watch those farms and help be a part of the night watch for that, uh, you know, hey, that's a great way to partner with Israel. We don't need sheep being stolen off the mountains of Israel. That's uh, and you know, just a simple person sitting up and watching a farm, having a little campfire, it's great. Uh, you know, partnering with a small farmer that can't take his grapes in is a great way to stand with Israel. Putting a fence up around a farm that has deer, uh, you know, consuming their harvest because they, they're a small farmer, they can't do something. Uh, taking equipment out, we have quite a lot of equipment now. You know, throwing a excavator on the back of a flatbed and running out and putting a water line and you know for a farm that the water's too hot the sheep can't even drink it you know it's like these problems in the middle east you wouldn't think of in ohio uh you know water too hot to drink through the pipe like yeah well that happens like so what does a small farmer do you know uh so those are the kind of things uh that we would you know putting in a security road behind a uh you know a, a facility that needs to be watched better you know uh whatever that could be um and so that's that's a little bit of what our, our efforts are. But but yeah, serveisrael.com is the best way to engage with it. And um there at the at the website, lots of volunteer options. But we'd love to have uh conservatives across America, uh especially, you know, we've had we've had some uh you know conservative, even Mennonite Amish background come as well. Uh fantastic, fantastic uh folks. Those people that are connected to the land, uh make for uh, amazing uh, volunteers when it comes to serving, serving and being part of building the plans. But yeah. It's awesome. Well, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Uh, it's been, it's been amazing having this conversation with you. So hopefully we can connect again. Um, I'm planning yeah. 
Lord willing, be over next March again. So we'll see. Maybe we can connect. Great. That'd be great. So there we go. Thank we look you, forward to it. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, Matthew. Take care. Yeah.